This is a serial podcast, an ongoing story. If you're new to the Orbis Ethereum, just jump in right here. Don't worry about what you missed. Because if you like what you hear, and I'm pretty sure you will, just go back and catch up. I'm Carlos, your storyteller. And this is Tales from the Orbis Ethereum. Season 2, Episode 21. The Valor of Weakness. The Lighthouse Brig where Natalia Hennig, ousted commander of the station, sits in an ether-dampened cell, staring, glaring, smiling, at Parker Grace, the drain-afflicted woman at the heart of the uprising. You know your way around the mech, Grace, Hennig says, but I reckon you're not much of an interrogator. I'm a lot of things that I never realized, Parker responds. But I'm not here to interrogate. I'm here to learn. Hennig scoffs. About what? About Jar Eltrune, Parker says. To that, Hennig laughs. <laughs> so you figured out Mother's true name. Did Onriel tell you? Parker shakes her head. Hennig stands and leans against a cell wall. You're a meddler, Grace. Mother will either recruit or kill you soon enough. Then you've nothing to fear, Parker states. So tell me all about Charles Troon. Within Orbis Edge is a world. Pocket realm like other worlds, yet completely different. It's sealed off, set behind a series of complex locks, needing a complex key. Within the world is a presence. A series of disembodied thoughts and dark motives. A web of consciousness, acting with a consistent and malevolent will. From this hidden away world, this presence manifests servants, demonic creatures, humanoid yet monstrous familiars. Several years ago, the Presence could send its minions to vessels and installations that strayed too close to Orbis Edge on the remnant of Earth's side. This gap was closed by a man named Argent Mar, a now troubled soul in hiding, a person whose full story has yet to be told. Since then, the dark presence within Orbis Edge has bid its time, growing both its forces and its enmity. Oh boy, can you imagine it, Grace? Countless lifetimes ago, humans were... different. Ether didn't exist. People breathed oxygen and hell... They'd die if starved of it for even a few minutes. <laughs> Think of it, Grace. Even you, 
a non-ethermancer drain sufferer can survive underwater or in the soup of ether between worlds, at least as long as you got food, water, and some way to protect yourself from the elements. Imagine, Grace, falling into an ocean of regular water, sinking under the waves, or being ejected from an interworld transport and just dying in less time than we've been conversing right now. Like the void rapids that exist now, but but far more abundant. Humans were, were fragile, easy to break, but they were strong. They went and they made the tech, learned the know-how to survive where they just normally shouldn't. Colonized environments that should have been uninhabitable. Flipping nature the bird, doing what they saw fit. They were strong, Parker. Strong like you. At a disadvantage, a heavy one, I might add, you beat me. You ought to be dead, Parker, but you won the fight against me. And, and, and make no mistake, this isn't, this isn't just ego talking. I've put down some very talented ethermancers with nothing but my own power. You're a reminder, Parker, of what humanity was. Brittle and strong. Limited and ambitious. Fearful and courageous. We've lost that as a species, Parker Grace. In this universe of ether, reality itself, it, it coddles us. It makes us soft. We got a common language, a common timekeeping mechanism across all worlds. Relatively easy travel. We have diversity in climate and geography that's just enough. Just right. It's sickening, Grace. It disgusts me. And even though people like you exist, you're the exception. The diamond among the rough, unworthy masses. You know who I mean. The privileged. The lazy. The sheep who effortlessly possess what you had to fight so hard for. We're a lot alike, Parker Grace. I came from wealth and I could have wanted for nothing, but I desired a challenge. I needed a challenge. I wanted to push my ethermancy to the limit in service of my home, in service of Delarctica. And Mother, Jarl Troon, she wants to return this reality, this joke of an existence, to its rightful state. Ether is a crutch, Parker. Existence belongs to humanity, not to ether, not to this, this aura, this this omnipresent nothing. It's not up to it to govern us. We need to seize existence from a position of natural weakness and overwhelming ambition. With absolute conviction, Charel Troon was sealed away by ether. Oh, but there's a way to break her bonds. Each of the three prime worlds, Grand Lucian, Delarctica, Valterra, each hide a device called a phase spire. They're the lock 
keeping Mother sealed. A relic called the Keystone can deactivate these spires. Even one being deactivated is enough for Jarl Troon to squeeze through. Blow up the other two, and well, she wins. Simple as that. She's obscenely strong, Parker. She's been practicing for a hundred, hundred lifetimes. It's ironic. Just like it turned so many others, Ether turned her into an Ethermancer. And a damn powerful one. But she was too strong. So Ether determined that she had to be contained. The hypocrisy of it all. But in a way, not really. We're all contained, Parker. Every one of us. So Ether is alive, Parker thinks aloud. I knew it. As alive as any other machine, Hennig spits. It's just more human technology, Parker, that's all. You were waxing poetic about technology a moment ago, Parker counters. Nothing's perfect, Grace. Indeed, Parker says. Not even you. Thanks for telling me about the face spires and the keystone. Now we know exactly what to look for and protect. Oh, you have the devil's luck, Parker. But you're not the only one. Our people found the keystone while you and I were fighting. It's about 60 seconds away from the Grand Lucian face spire. Oh, don't worry. You'll get to meet Jarl Troon sooner than you ever imagined. That's it for this episode. I know you enjoyed what you just heard. Kind of arrogant for me to say, right? But you know what? I gotta be. I gotta live up to my own hype. I gotta believe my own hype a little bit. So I know you enjoyed what you just heard. But I want your feedback regardless that I know you enjoyed what you just heard because your feedback is like food to me. I, I just had a, a, a nice meal, but if I had your feedback, I would not have needed that food. That's how That's how much I need your feedback. I want to hear from you, whether you're new to the podcast, whether you're a regular, whether you have just been perusing random podcasts and just heard this and you're like, what the hell is this guy talking about? I want to hear from you. My site is orbisetherum.com. That's O-R-B-I-S-A-E-T-H-E-R-U-M.com. On social media, I'm at Orbisetherum on Twitter and Orbisetherum on Google+, Facebook, and Tumblr. This podcast is also on YouTube and Vimeo. If you check the podcast description, you'll find the links for both. While I always love hearing from my listeners, I especially love positive reviews. And leaving one wherever you found this podcast helps me out immensely. It also feeds my ego, the aforementioned feedback instead of food thing. I'm on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, TuneIn Radio, and Pocket Casts. Just search for Tales from the Orbis Ethereum. This week's shoutout is for, uh, it's another little plug for a show that I co-host, Carlos Dave Anamiri of the Best Damn Review Show on the Internet. A couple episodes ago, I talked about two fall 2016 animes we were reviewing, uh, Flip Flappers and Yuri on Ice. Uh, this week, uh, I want to talk about two others we're doing from the fall 2016 season, Keijo and Izetta the Last Witch. Now, I would argue that these two are the weaker of the four shows, but they're definitely still really strong. Keijo is one of those fan service shows where fan service is kind of the point. It's kind of done in parody of itself and the genre as a whole. 
And it's about a sport named Keijo, where uh, young women battle in kind of this water sumo thing. They can only use their breasts and their butts. It is uh, surprisingly not as pervy as it sounds, and it's more comedic than anything else. It's, it's a good time, and I recommend it. Isetta the Last Witch is a fascinating alternate history piece of fiction about an alternate history Earth's World War II and the impact of a small nation called Elstat and uh, their really awesome leader, Fine, and her best friend, a witch, Izetta, who commands amazing powers and is able to repel the Germanian Empire, which are kind of like the Nazis, but not. It's super cool. So Keijo and Izetta the Last Witch, I recommend finding both. And you should definitely watch the Carlos Nave anime review, the best anime review show on the internet, co-hosted by me, Carlos, and my compatriot, Devaniel. You can find it at animerave.xyz. Thank you so much for listening. Until we meet again.